Was Mousetrap a video game? Or is, it, or is that a song about the board game? I don't know. Well, it's an album of songs based on video games, but right, we'll save so that for I'm, the episode. I'm assuming. It, did it, do you knew that, though? You knew it was a the concept album, that these are games that are in the arcades, yes. and now these are songs about those games. Yes, that so, I knew, but so with that the Mousetrap, and I recognized the <clears throat> names of the games except for Mousetrap. I don't mm-hmm. recall a video game called Mousetrap. But did its inclusion on the video game-based novelty album as a title prompt you to consider and maybe type in Mousetrap video game into your browser? Oh, my God. I remember Mousetrap. Now I do. Really? Because I looked it up. And I'm uh, looking well, yeah. at the screen and the sure. console. That's good. That's well, I'm glad that you did that, and um, I'm sorry there were no resources prior to us talking now that could have prompted you to do that. What did you use? Did you use your computer to do that, or your uh, telephone? I have an Encyclopedia Britannica collection, and so I was looking through that in the M's. Oh. All right, so that's why it took so long. It took a while. All right. Hey everyone ever, and welcome to 20th Century Pop, the show where we try to understand the present... While living in the past, my name is Tim Blevins. And I am Bob Canning. And, and Tim, just before we started recording, we had I had decided that I was going to ask you if you felt Pac-Man was a murderer. <laughs> That's but true. Then, we had a big meeting. <laughs> the entire production staff came in for a big meeting. Big meeting. Because um, our this. numbers were down. And we found that people on podcasts... They like uh, they like murder podcasts. They do. They do. They like serial and things like the mute podcast serial. And so we decided, we discussed in one of the pitches. It was your pitch, so I yep. think you're probably getting a bonus this quarter. I think so. You pitched that you were going to ask me in the episode if I thought uh, Pac-Man was a murderer. That's right. That's what you just said. Now I'm I, saying it. I was. I was going to ask you that, but then. As we were preparing to to open the show, I thought about the fact that well, who he's he's killing ghosts, so they're already dead. So really, it's kind of a moot question, I think. And now I feel bad about proposing it. Well, I wouldn't feel bad. I I, I think you you're you're struggling with the logistics of the world that we're working in, the, the world of Pac Man. Yeah. Um. By murdering ghosts, he bites the ghosts. Yeah, you know, chomps he takes them. The, he takes their clothes, but they have eyes that survive. He does chomp them. Sorry, I didn't mean to step right over that. They survive. They go back to their box. They get a new ghost outfit, yeah. and they come back out. The only mortality in the game is Pac-Man. Right. So I, I don't I don't. But look he at reincarnates. Three times, but then he's done. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I don't look at him at a, as a murderer. So the ghosts... Are the killers. Those ghost face killers. They're yeah. ghost face killers. They're the antagonistic ghost face killers of the game. Um, I'll tell you this. <laughs> we never talk about video games on the show. Couldn't tell you why. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it comes very naturally to us, as you can see. Yeah. We don't talk about video games. We also, you know what else we don't talk about? Novelty records. Yeah, I... I think we'll discover there's a reason for that. <laughs> really? Did you, uh, Novelty Records and video games, did you play either one as a kid? Were you into either video games or Novelty Records as a child? Um, so you asked two questions there. Was You phrased it two ways. Did I play and was I into? 
Um, I did play video games. I don't think I was into video games. Did you have a system? A I did system? not have a system until I was in high school, I think. It was either eighth grade or ninth grade. So it was Mine either eighth grade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the system I got, if I'm, you know, hate, hate to go this quickly to the the system I got, but it was TurboGrafx-16. Oh, so you had it. They were in business for you. I did when I was older, but I never had the Atari, which is I think is what we're going to talk about mostly here. Well, these uh, are never... arcade games, though. Yeah, these these particular ones that we're going to chat about, but but I guess they were also at home games. They're, I guess, I mean, Atari, I guess that's the thing. That's where I would have played these games, but they I do consider them arcade games. Do you remember going to arcades? Was that an experience you enjoyed? Um, I we didn't have like a just a, a, an arcade place. We had a, a pizza place that had an arcade room. Okay, that's, and so that's similar. That might yeah, be, yeah. So we would go account. there, but my town didn't have uh, just an arcade. No, my concept of the arcade and the and the games in the arcade really came from two um, two sources that I can think of. They came from friends. You had mentioned gar- like a game systems. I had a friend who had an Atari, so I was able to play like Pac-Man, Asteroids, and things like that on it. So that was an education on, on games. But another place, another source, and another area where I think I learned what certain video games were um, was from a 1982 record release um, entitled... Pac-Man Fever, the, a record called Pac-Man Fever. Did you own the record? Did you buy this record? I had a cassette. I, I got it out of the library. Our library was very progressive and had the Pac-Man Fever record. Nice. Um, and the soundtrack to Amadeus before Amadeus <laughs> came out. Wow. But they had the record, and I, I, the cover was a picture of the Pac-Man screen. I brought it home and on a little... 60-minute Memorex tape. I, I copied most of the album on one side and probably a song or two on the second side. So I I had a cassette copy of it. Didn't have the liner notes. Didn't have the, the, the slipcase. Didn't really have much of a knowledge of the fact that it is two guys that do all these songs. It's a single band that performed. Is it is it a band or is it just these two guys? Uh, oh, a duo. Is that a duo? I, I guess. guess, yeah. Uh, Buckner and Garcia the name yeah uh, consisting of jerry buckner and <laughs> gary garcia so gary garcia is is not what you expected <laughs> well there's a jerry garcia right the but there's a jerry but, you're saying buckner's name is jerry yes jerry buckner i okay. guess you know him here's what i want to know why go with buckner and garcia when you can easily go with jerry and gary <laughs> Because they weren't, uh, they weren't as forward thinking as you I guess not. here in the twenty first century. Um, yeah, they. I don't know. <laughs> maybe they got, maybe they got wedged into Buckner and Garcia. Maybe they thought the name recognition of Garcia <laughs> would push them past the novelty aspect of seventies records. I don't know. But this album, this particular album. Uh, came out in January 1982. And yeah, I was a pretty big fan of it, probably the year after it came out, so 83 or 84. Did you know this album growing up? Did you know Pac-Man Fever? I did Man not. I, I knew of the song Pac-Man Fever, but the, I don't the, the think- The title track. Yeah, I knew that such a song existed. I don't know if I knew it then, but I eventually, at some point in my life, became aware of it. Um, 
But no, I didn't hear this song then, and I didn't hear this album then. Had you heard the album before today, before we no. decided to do it? No. So this, no, not this the album. I, I had heard the song eventually over time, but not the album. Uh, none of the other songs. None of the other seven tracks. There are seven to eight tracks on this album. So why don't we get into talking about it? Because listeners, today, I, I don't know if it was clear. It's never clear, Tim. We never make it clear enough at the beginning. Okay, well, just to sum it up, we're going to be discussing a record by 80s super duo uh, <laughs> Buckner, <laughs> and not Jerry, but Gary uh, Garcia. Jerry uh, Pat- and Gary. Jerry, uh, I, again, uh, Gary Garcia has since passed on. He's no longer making music. But Jerry Buckner did do music for Wreck-It Ralph and I think continues to record they actually re-recorded this album at one point. This is, we're going to discuss the the version that I sent you to listen to is the original. Yeah, I fell into that trap uh, online. That I listened to the re-recorded version a little bit and realized that it wasn't the correct version. Um, and honestly, the original is far better. Having it's far been able better to compare comparative to the two items that I'm talking about. Yes, it sounded better, um, especially the the. There's one particular song. Uh, the second song that I heard the re-recorded version first, and then when I corrected myself and went back to the proper album, I was like, "Oh, well, actually, I kind of like this song," where I didn't like it at all in the re-recorded version. What a difference having the proper rights to video game sounds <laughs> can make. Yeah. Well, then let's start off with uh, with the first track, like we've just said, "Pac-Man Fever." Yeah. Um, it's based on the game Pac-Man, which I think originally was released in the States in 1980. And we were just talking about it. I mean, Pac-Man is sort of the, one of the more iconic video games, right? Like, I think in a way, it's sort of the beacon representation of video games from the 80s. I would think so. I think maybe some people think of Pong, but that was even before the 80s. Do you think of Pong? Like, do you think of Pong as an arcade thing? Uh, no, not arcades. I don't think of Pong as arcades. I do think of it as like the birth of, of video games. And I'm not a video game historian, so I'm not exactly sure if that's the first video game. But it's You're it's, always touting your non-qualities on this show. I Because just because I've got none. I have no expertise on <laughs> well, it anything. It sounds like you have a lot of non-qualities. Yeah. I'm no topic of today expert, but here's my opinion. You know about <laughs> video games. You lived in the 80s. That's, I mean... And, and maybe it wasn't a few, but Pac-Man is kind of like if someone says video games of the 80s, the iconic image of that almost whole circle, that the yellow waka waka eating pellets and murdering ghosts. Pac-Man is what I think of, which is why it's kind of nice when the, so- the song, this whole album by default, begins with a very familiar sound effect. It begins with the start of the game. Yeah, it it eased me into listening to this music because it's like if it had started with just a guitar melody. I don't know that I would have been even interested in continuing, but because it's like it hits you right away with with Pac-Man, um, you're brought right back to the game. You suddenly, you know, get your trigger fingers ready, um, and it was pretty pretty good, wise decision to open the album Pac-Man Fever yeah. with the track called Pac-Man uh, Fever, but to open that track with the sound effects from Pac-Man. So it has the feel of the video game. What do you think of this as like a song once it became a song and not just, or does it become something outside of just, now I'm thinking about Pac-Man. 
Yeah, no, it does. I mean, it becomes a song about Pac-Man, so you're still thinking about Pac-Man. Oh, is it about Pac-Man? Um, yeah. I think you don't think it's about Pac-Man? Pac-Man fever? I guess it's about the fever. I think well, I think it's something about the fever. I think this is a song about addiction. Um, sure. I think, you know, spending all you've got on addiction. But you know, two, he says don't have a lot of money. But to Pac-Man. It's not Well, because it's a metaphor. People put metaphors in the songs. So I, you think in in a in a in a drama about drug abuse, they could use Pac-Man fever. Well, possibly because I don't like if it was a song about Pac-Man, specifically solely about Pac-Man, I think it'd be written by people who have a grasp on the game of Pac-Man. And as it stands, I feel like there's some inconsistencies, some lyrical inconsistencies that make me think that maybe they don't actually know the game they're writing about. I caught that on some other songs. I don't know if I caught it on Pac-Man. Do you have an example? Well, like, I, there's no ghost named Speedy. I think there's a line that says, I've got Speedy on my tail. I think they call another ghost Punky. And then just, it gets kind of sketchy, and the song feels salacious, because, like, I don't think they understand what's going on. They, they have a whole line about going to eat the cherries up and take them all for a ride. I think that with virgins? I don't know. The cherries don't empower you in the game. You don't get faster or, or get any skills. They just they give you more points. Right. Um, there's a whole thing about, you know, once around the back door. I'm Good really cooking out, eating everything here's in sight. Here's the thing. Tim, this has happened a few times uh, on our discussions where I have come into this as like this little innocent young mind remembering my childhood with, with – uh, um, um, rose-petaled sunglasses or rose-colored sunglasses, and and here you you open me up to all these dark, twisted uh, scenarios and and second meanings to things that I just never realized before. Well, I mean, they're interpretations. I'm not saying it's a guaranteed. You know, I mean, I think it's very clear and distinctly accurate with the song "Pac-Man Fever," but sometimes <laughs> it's probably more up in the air. I don't know. I just that's the thing, like. And it's a novelty album. It's a concept of a novelty album. And it's not a bad song, but maybe, and we're starting off with this, but maybe because the question I had while listening to Pac-Man Fever was, good song, but do you build a full album out of it? Oh, no, you you don't. Well, you don't. (laughs) I mean, they did. I have a listing that says they did. They did, (laughs) but, you know, they shouldn't have. That's why I'm trying to think that there must be more to each of these songs. There would have to be more to each of these songs. I mean, I'm... I'm going to have to go back and listen to them all again, or maybe you have enough notes. And, and I, I mean, I have a few comments. Maybe we can figure this out as we go. Well, I feel like that's the gist of the show that we're recording. That would be the direction that how we, do this? We, would, we would be doing this. Okay. Um, it's just you have Jerry and Gary writing a full album. These are adult men. I'm not saying they weren't into video games. In fact, I've seen them at least doing the spiel when they perform live, saying they're into games. But for a song to already have faulty logic and inconsistencies to what the game is, I don't want to accuse Buckner, Jerry Buckner, and Garcia, Jerry Garcia, of, of sort of cashing in, sort of selling out, of sort of just taking a trend and trying to make some quick money off it. Because I do think this this is a well-crafted song, and it has the ability to be about something else. And I do think Pac-Man Fever, yeah, it's right there. I've got, I'm burning up here. I've, I've got, it's either an illness, it's either like Pac-Man clap, or it's this. It's like a drive to kind of... Get that, you know, sort of underground, hide it from my parents. I got to go out with this pocket full of quarters to get it because I don't want to raise any suspicion. Yeah. Well, but see, but is it more than that? That can still be about the video game. 
It can. But you're saying it's more. Well, I'm just saying for it to be relevant to me now, let's digging into it. Like, to, as an example, to move to the next track, Froggy's Lament. Yeah. Based on a game called Frogger, 1981. Mm-hmm. I can't think that this is solely a song based on what, granted, was considered to be one of the most difficult arcade games of its time. They wrote a song that is supposed to be based on Frogger. Um, they could have been called Frogger's Lament, but it's called something else. It's called Froggy's Lament. Well, I think it's sort of a danceable track. I assumed to some extent there were some things they couldn't use. Um, I was surprised that they got the Pac-Man name and the Pac-Man sound effect, to be perfectly honest. Frogger wasn't a bigger <laughs> star than Pac-Man, and they got the sound effects right there. They're describing in detail this game. Like, it's got to be about something else, though. It can't just be about a fucking video game. But see, this is... That's not what I heard. The thing that annoyed me about these songs is that what I was hearing was that they were just about the video games to the point where they were simply describing things that they do in the game. Now I jump from this log, and I missed the log, and now I'm dead. I mean... That's not the line exactly. Yeah, that's paraphrasing a line where they were paraphrasing the game. I think you're thinking of snakes, insects, otters, and things. Yeah, it's just... And and they did that in, in all of them. Centipede song and the Donkey Kong song. I just... And those were the games that I actually was familiar with. Were you not familiar with Frogger? Is this not a game? No, I was familiar with Frogger. And so I was hearing just them describing the song. Or describing the game. And, and to a point especially feeling like I needed to listen to it more than once. Oh, wow. You listened to this more than once? I felt like I should. We were going to be talking about it. Oh, not prior to us deciding to do it. (laughs) No, after that. Um, Well, sit with Froggy's Lament for a minute. Think about it. Like, what what are you getting from a song that just says, and in the game, a car comes in and I jump on a log? What else might be in that? What, what what do you think? If you dig deep right now, it's the night before school and you were supposed to do your big video game album track report on Froggy's Lament and you've got to cough something into your vocal recorder so that Siri or or, or whatever that program is that, that translates stuff into text can do it. What, what meeting, what fake your way through school so you can somehow get a grade to validate the fact that you're going to a creative college with a degree? What do you pull out of this to make Froggy's Lament worth listening to? Um, I guess I would say it's about not being able to stop. And if you do stop, then you've you've failed. And so you've you've got to keep moving, you've got to keep going, you gotta keep going forward. That's good. Um I think the line in there is um can't stop until you get to the top or keep on hopping until you get to the top. I think you both can of those never are stop. Of I know you can never stop is in there. Yeah. And so I guess you could take that, but Right? If you wanted to go advancing deeper. at a fucking job in the eighties, yeah, while high in cocaine. But no, this is. I think what you said is perfect. There's this idea of having to push forward and keep going because honestly, he's got everything in the world coming at him. He's got snakes and insects and otters and things. Yeah, right there in the lyrics. Not lyrics that I don't know if that's actually someone who saw the game. Like, ah, uh, there's these things in it. That's not good lyric writing. But no, I. 
because I will tell you, I'm not a fan of the the character voice in this song. It's a frog voice. Kermit's voice doesn't sound like that. Kermit's the frog on the cartoon called Frogger didn't yeah. sound like that. No, that was their interpretation. Okay, but. To keep it from just being a dumbass song with a funny voice, I think what you said is accurate. Plus, it's got a great uh, keyboard synthesizer in it. I but like why, that it sounds very Why are very we keeping easy. it from being a dumbass song? It might just be a dumbass song. But then why does somebody, why do two musicians, I believe Jerry Garcia's friend Gary Garcia and another musician, spend time in a studio composing and recording songs? And why does an entire society buy the album enough to make Pac-Man Fever the song a hit and for it to live on, if, if all it is is simple novelty, doesn't that kind of degrade the whole concept of all the art that's going into it? I think this thing is a testament to not just arcades, but a period of life there in 1982. Most of these games premiered in 1981, I think. Like, if we move on to the next track, Ode to a Centipede. Centipede was a 1981 game. Did you ever play... You said you, you knew Centipede. You knew I that knew the game. game. I, I, I think I played it once, maybe twice, and was just overcome by it, overwhelmed by it, and it just terrified me. I never played it again. But I would watch it. This song, to me almost derails the idea of a concept because i don't know i it could be flash dance i think it's got the start to it it's got it could be in flash dance but it's got a weird narrator to it there's these talking parts where this narrator is telling the centipede you can't run you can't, i'm gonna get you yeah it sounds kind of like emo phillips a little bit oh my god it's terrifying it's terrifying terri- it's i was terrified by it it's terrifying because it's not terrifying it is like the song is about getting the centipede and 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 destroying him essentially and winning the game and so you would think the tone would be i'm going to get you here i come but the that voice is the tone no the voice in the song is i'm coming to get you i see you sounds out. like s claus from the star wars christmas album here i come centipede yeah i'm right behind you it's creepy as hell the narrator's kind of a dick. Yeah. Like, Centipede is the villain of the game normally, but in this, it just it sounds sad. Yeah. It's like you start rooting for the Centipede after you hear this song. Right? And I, I'll be honest, five and a half minutes is, is long for any 80s song, and it's very long for for. Is that how long it was? Good. It's great. pretty long. Um, very long for a song about well, Centipede. Well, Tim, it's long because Centipedes are long. There you go, right? That's intelligent writing. Yeah. That's using something. That's taking a game. That's taking a video game that you had played once or twice. And a lot of the consumers, as we'll call them, who bought this album would have played. Centipede was a pretty big hit. Got into a lot of ports like Atari and stuff. It's pointing out the fact that shooting the centipede up in the game, rolling your roller controller and blindly firing to tear it apart, you are the villain. Yeah. We are the villain in these games. This poor centipede is just moving around and we're taunting it. We're taunting it because we have the coins to keep it going. We have multiple lives for the centipede only has one before another one comes down. We can walk away, go on with our life, and then come back and, sh- and, and, and rain terror down upon this poor insect, right? Centipedes are, in, are yeah. insects. You are the narrator. It's an ode. You're singing it. These are spo- odes are supposed to be romantic. Ode to a centipede, except that you're a prick. Right. He's a, you're a Jay Prufrock prick or whatever that's called. In an ode, you are honoring the subject, and he is not doing that. He is not. 
Because we don't. I think when we pour our quadras into these video games, slamming the buttons, there was reason to question what is the purpose of that. And I feel like Ode to a Centipede kind of gets in there a little. But I don't know. Like, do you, are you not a fan of the song? Still? Not a fan of the song. It gives you a lot of time to change your mind. Five minutes and a half. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like each of the songs um, musically are okay. They're fine. You know, they all... They all have like a groove to them. I can't complain about the the instrumental, the the, the keyboards, the synths. Isn't isn't that part of music? The instrumentals. Yes, <laughs> it's but, great. But so are the lyrics. The lyrics are a huge part of music, and the lyrics here and, and the topics um, is probably what really derails the the album for me. I'm not a huge fan of novelty songs and albums anyway. I'll take you a aren't. novelty song on its own, but I certainly don't think you need an album. The fourth track is called Do the Donkey Kong. Did you know the game Donkey Kong as a kid? Was I, that I knew, knew. I thought I knew it. Um, But as I'm listening to these lyrics, I was like, wait a minute. I don't remember that happening in the game. Oh, really? Because I felt like this was one of the more accurate Re- renditions. Really? Yeah. I mean, there's parts of it, but does does he walk through um, tulips in the no, game? No, that's, that's, that's the tiptoe through the tulip line is probably because as he walks, you hear it when he walks. So it's probably playing on the song by Tiny Tim. I'll be honest. This might be my second favorite song on the album. Um, I, Yeah, I put bouncy and fun. That was my comment. I know Pac-Man was the bigger game, but this song, when I think of a novelty album, novelty songs, this song should have been their first and maybe only single. Because I, 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 as much as I'm saying, I don't think your video game album needs more than two singles. But right. yeah, it's it's a dance with dance steps. I think it gets the video game pretty right. The chorus is catchy. It's got a really 80s keyboard solo in the minute. And it even has that weird fade out. Like it fakes you out at the end where it fades out and it comes back. I think the version we listened to, the record skips there a little. But, you know, that's that's fun. This sh- I mean, this song, Do the Donkey Kong, as it's telling you, should have been like a like the 80s staple at school dances and weddings and bar mitzvahs and shit. Cause you it- can't really do all the da- – I mean, you, we'd have to develop the dance moves. Like what is scale up the wall? What is that move? I think it's um, you put your hands in front of you almost like a cat and it's like you're climbing up almost right. like a ladder. Okay, and you got to pound upon your chest. Yeah, like a like a, like a like a donkey take an Kong elevator would do. ride. Yeah, you put, you put your hands crossed in front of you, and you just bend down. You know, like that old trick where you pretend you're in an elevator. Tim, here's what I think we need to do before we uh, post this episode. We need to play and record the you doing these dance moves. I don't think like, I need to do that twice. Thank you. Like an instructional video. Oh, you've already got it recorded. Great. Let me. I'll put a link in the show notes. You can all see my. It's from probably about uh, 1998 when I posted it on YouTube's precursor. Yeah. Millions of views. Yeah. This song made me. This song made me who I was. got (laughs) me into the industry. And I don't think we would be doing the podcast, let alone have a concept called podcasts, if it wasn't for the fourth track off of Buckter and Garcia's 1982 release, (laughs) Pac-Man Fever. I, I really think you should do it. I really think I did do it. You did really do it? No, I don't have that kind of time, nor do I have a camera, nor do I have the space to fully indulge myself in the song Do the Donkey Kong. But outside of those three factors, sure, I did it. <laughs> okay. Um, I love this song. I sing this song. I've been singing this song for years. <laughs> this song 
do the Donkey Kong, I really enjoy. It's my second favorite song, not my first. Uh, what is Pac-Man Fever your first? No, we're not a big fan of Pac-Man Fever. Have we gotten to your favorite yet? We haven't gotten to it yet. Okay. No. Because the the rest of the album, I, even though I just listened to it yesterday and then again a little bit this morning, I can't even remember what the, the next, what is it, three albums, three songs? I can't even remember what they sound I like. I feel like three albums. You can't remember a 30-minute album. Track five? You don't remember track five? I mean, I remember the, the name, but I couldn't Hyperspace. tell you. I remember that it it was the captain of the ship was in hyperspace, but I don't know the the tune. I can't recall the tune in my head right I now. I think you're confusing it with the track after it, but I'm not sure. This song... Oh, is that- that's Defender? I thought Hyperspace. The captain of the ship lyric, I think, is in Defender. Hyperspace. That just goes has to show you how memorable goes, these last few songs are. Well, I think I can change me. that for you. I think I can make you remember Hyperspace, which is based on the 1979 game Asteroids. But it has that lyric, it has shooting my rockets all over the place, kicking the thrust. This is a horny fucking song. This this one, this, I think, you know, I fire and shoot and blow them out of the sky is a line. This, this is a track about getting laid. And this is why I never understood songs as a kid, because I always took the lyrics at face value. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and today, too. I didn't think of that at all. I literally... And and maybe that's why I didn't enjoy these songs, because to me, they felt very boring as just describing what would happen in a game. But what about the music? This has bass. It's like you're walking the street between destinations. They actually say shooting like four times, hyperspace all over your face. I don't know. Like, what, what, <laughs> do, what, do you know the game Asteroids? Are you familiar with that? Yes. And when they were singing it, uh, the, describing the song, that's what I pictured. Um, but then I went and I looked up. I wanted to find what the hyperspace game was. And as you and I discovered, there is no game called hyperspace. No such game. No. From the 80s. I think there might be one now. Possibly based on this sex song in outer space. I don't know. This I think this song feels great. I, I don't know if I was crazy about it as a kid, but it's very catchy. You know, I think it in a way, Asteroids is the most straightforward game, maybe even more so than Pac-Man. I feel like in this one, they're like, well, there's not too much we can say about it. So, um, oh my God, you know, fuck Tim. it, make it about fucking. That's I'm what wet. they did. I just, just to kind of put myself in the frame of mind of this song, I just Googled the lyrics and it opens with faster, farther, longer, harder. Yeah. I just want to grow and grow. Holy shit. How did I not catch that this was a sex song? Wait, that's the lyric? That's the opening lyric to Hyperspace? No, I'm going to look that up. Really? Oh, wait. That's a different that's a different hyperspace song. That's by Beck. Good God. That's by Beck. Who right. probably ripped off Buckner. Hyperspace. And Garcia. Oh, see. Oh, Gary see, Garcia, not Jerry. Here we go. Asteroids around me don't know where to run. That that's just the game. How is that sex? Well, that's the first line. I I'm somewhere between going. the moon and the sun. Is that is the moon your ass? Yep. And what's the sun? That's uh, probably the ball, so it's somewhere in the middle area there. What's that called? Taint? Shouldn't it be the suns? No, it's not. That, that's... I'm in command of three ships, and there's more on the way. Is, it, is, this a, is this an orgy? Probably. All right. He's a space cadet. He can really play. Is that the next line? Yeah. Yeah. Push on the button. I'm back in the race. What is... Jerked off a little bit to get hard. <laughs> Shooting my rockets all over the place. Okay. I feel like I get, that. Yeah. I get that one. 
I'm invisible now, but I'll be condom back again. With another condom. Okay. <laughs> Kicking the thrust because I just got to win. Yeah. All right. Competition amongst amongst your friends, probably. I rotate my ship and then count to three. I fire and shoot and blow him out of the sky. Okay. I get it, Tim. Yeah. You got me. And that's a lot of 80s music, though. Apparently. I'm going to have to go back. I was going to let my kids listen to this, but not anymore. Well, they probably can. They don't know the video game. But, I mean, it, you know, metaphors and songs, I think some of those most novelty songs, I want to hope, at the end of the day, are about something other than the dumb kookiness of, my grandmother was run down by a reindeer. There's something else to it. What else is in that song? I don't know. I don't want to talk about the song because that's one of my least favorite songs right. in the world. I can't wait for our Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer episode this Ugh. December. Can't wait to hear you do an uh, episode by yourself. Solo. But no, but I just, I hyperspace, it's, and it's so catchy, and it can exist. That's the thing. It probably can exist as its own thing, because you're like, what are these fucking lyrics? But the, the moment you start thinking about it, that's the weird thing. Hyperspace, more than a lot of these songs, the moment you start thinking about it, maybe it's because it's based on a game with a different title, but like I lose track that it's even about a video game. Sure. I can't, you know, most of the songs, they've got the sound effects, but this one might too. But you've got the picture in your head of what's going on. This one, I'm just seeing this this astronaut blow his load all over the place, really. That's all I see now. Space payload. <laughs> but it's a theme. You got an outer space theme, which I think a lot of video games had. Um, I thought, talking about deeper meanings, I thought the only one that I... In my initial listenings, got a deeper meaning from is is the Defender song. Oh, track six. Yeah. Did you know this as an arcade game? Um, I remembered a similar game. I didn't look it up. Is there a Defender game? There is. I. It's not something I knew. It's considered one of the most difficult arcade games of all time. I think it's a pretty influential, like one of the earliest side-scrolling games. I maybe remember the the logo, but it's not. It's not a game I knew. Yeah, like looking at the the graphics right now, I recall this being I, I didn't play this game, but I recall it looking difficult. Um but the song for me, I had discovered like it just sounded deeper because it's it's the it's the captain of the ship that's singing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he put a lot on his shoulders to defend his space. And to help his people and to think about his crew, it just – there. it was a strong – it was – it built up the drama of the situation. Yeah. Because I don't think about the crew of the spaceships in these video games, but that's what this was about. Right. I mean, prior to Stan Bush's The Touch, this was my toy line soundtrack. This is – this was probably my favorite song in the album. Okay. I can I see I love this song. And again, I didn't know – I knew the game existed. I didn't know it. Um, it's basically the plot of The Last Starfighter, which came out two years after, but I was probably still listening to this when the two crossed. So I think it's, but it's, yeah, it's like you're saying, it's sincere, it's triumphant. Yeah. It makes good use of the sound effects. Actually, the sound effects of the game do sound like instrumentation in the song, I think. And I think it's like throughout the song, it comes up in different parts, whereas I think a lot of the other songs is just at the beginning. No, this is a great fucking 80s pop song on its own it's got a very simon and simon like guitar solo <laughs> in the middle but no this I, I i think this 
kind of pushes this and maybe one other song pushes the album out of novelty act if novelty acts are a derogatory thing which i'm still not sure where i stand on on that this is a great epic you could put this in the movie i as a kid i would write a whole movie out of this song yeah yeah i could totally oh. see that yeah you could you could hear this song out of context of the album and and maybe still enjoy it hmm I'm going to correct you, which is a rude thing to do, and say, we'll enjoy it. Correct away, Timmy. I, I did. I'm sorry. That was rude. No, no, no. It's perfectly fine. In fact, I encourage our listeners to only seek out this song and and not hear it grouped in with the other uh, video game songs. And, and then you tell me if you do enjoy it. Tell us. Well, those are, that's an interesting experience. If one can do it, listener, you can definitely look up The Defender by... And be very careful when you type this because you don't want to pull up the wrong artist. It's Jerry Buckner and Gary Garcia. But if you don't want to listen to it as its own thing, which I think, Bob, that's a smart thing to try out. If you haven't heard the album yet, try to listen to that out of context. But then make sure you come back to the context of the album because otherwise you're going to miss what's basically the Tom Waits hit of this album. Uh, The seventh track is a song called Mouse Trap, which is a 1981 video game maze game that I never played. And Bob, prior to the show, we were talking a little bit about this. Yeah, you don't know Mouse Trap, do you? Um, I didn't think I did. Okay. Um, so I had thought of Mouse Trap simply as that three-dimensional board game with all the little contraptions, uh, Rube Goldberg things that you could put together. Now, would that fit on a concept album about video games? And that's a question. That's not mockery. It wouldn't, but it was the last song, and I was sort of exhausted listening to this album, so I didn't really do... Well, it's not the last song. I didn't look at... It's not the last song? No, there's a song after Mousetrap. Oh, that's right. There is one more. Um, it's the last song on this page of notes. <laughs> that's really as far as I can listen. Is this there's another... There's a page two here. Now Turn the crank, snap the plank, kick the boot down the chute, watch it roll, hit the pole, in the tub of rubber dub, flip the man in the pram, the trap is set, now drop the net, gotcha, catch a mouse with mouse trap, the craziest game you've ever seen. So right as we were talking and getting warmed up, I looked it up real quick, and I do recall this maze game, um, and the little mouse face that moves around the maze and tries to get the cheese, and um, never really played it, I probably did. But I don't remember playing it. I don't remember. I don't. This is a game that I don't remember. Existing. It's basically Pac-Man. Okay. With a mouse, right? I don't know because I mean, first off, I will say as a kid, this was the worst track on the album to me. Okay. But you know, you're saying it's like Pac-Man. As an adult now, listening to it, the song's a little more interesting to me because it makes the actual game sound epically complicated. <laughs> Like there's the the lyric that I wrote down. Now a mouse can eat some cheese, and a cat can eat a mouse, and a dog could eat a cat if it got caught in the house. And then I think a hawk swoops in and eats the the dog. Yeah, and and something about like you can change to a dog. I don't know. It's an existential nightmare. This yeah. song. It's basically the metamorphosis, kind of by way of Tom and and Jerry. And because of that, and as an adult because of that, you know, in the line, I'm caught in a mousetrap, what can I do? This is about living in the 80s, the rat race of sort of 
living in the 80s. Since I don't have, this was my experience with this, since I don't have the video game or even a version of a video game to connect it to, maybe that's why as a kid I was like, this is garbage, but as an adult now, I can only put myself into this. I know I have a fear of mice, but I don't think that's what it's about because a mousetrap is coming to get me. So maybe somewhere in that, it's kind of like the things that I want to use to destroy, that's what fears me are going to come back and snap on me. And a hawk is going to eat a dog or something. But <laughs> this caught sort of, you know, like new wave music is sometimes very science fiction-y and it plays off of like technology and yeah. we're all robots and automatons. Yeah. This, and I think the song that follows it, play into that pretty well. Well, and and one thing that stood out for me is talking about technology um, there is a synth line in in Mousetrap that sounds like Mr. Roboto from Styx. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny you mentioned Styx. Yeah, there's, I'm gonna there's like Styx a, on the next song. There's like a in Mousetrap, like she's got a secret. There, like whatever Mr. Roboto was, I haven't heard that in a while. I so. bet that's all classic Jerry Garcia. I bet you it is. But you're saying Sticks comes up in the last song for you? Well, uh, yeah, the last track, um, Going Berserk, uh, which is based on the game Berserk from 1980. I was surprised that this game is as old as it is because it's a pretty high tech game. Do you did you ever play Berserk or ever see Berserk as a kid? Uh, no, I don't recall. Oh, you don't. Berserk. Intruder alert! Intruder alert! It's a difficult game, I think, and the song is a masterpiece, I think. I know I was saying The Defender is my favorite, but I think the song starts like a stick song. It has that piano at the beginning. It's a very sweet kind of emotional piano. And then they, like they do in all the songs, they incorporate sound effects from the game. So there's like laser beams. There's a robot voice jarringly in your ear. It's the album's ballad, and it's. I think. I think it's. I think it's phenomenal. Okay, I'm gonna I, have to I, trust you. I really you on thought that. you'd have something to say I mean, before I launched into what I was gonna say. I don't know that that this album can have a masterpiece. Really? Yeah, I don't know, man. Think about being a kid in the '80s, and think about being a little older than when this came out. Sounds like we're the demographic, but think about being in your teens. Think about this idea of being there in a world of school that tells you what to do, and adults that tell you what to do, and all sorts of things, and and wanting to find something, uh, you know, amidst all that chaos. You know, you can want to find a person or a goal or something, and you just can't, you know, and you have lyrics in the song like, I can wander through the maze, it's a wonderland at night. I can stop and aim my lasers when there's a robot in my sight. It's all about rebelling, you know, against like automatons. I think what I need is to, to hear it again, maybe out of context. Because because by the time I got to this song, and again, just because I'm listening to it at surface level, I'm just hearing lyrics explaining how the games work like what it did feel like that it was just telling you how the game operated yeah and so maybe that's why i'm like oh just another uh walkthrough i'm i'm going through a maze it's nighttime and there are things chasing me i mean i don't know was it exhaust it was exhausting it was exhausting concept album to get through all of it because again it's it's all very similar sounding too like yes each song had a bit of a different kind of sound to it you had a a a power ballad you had a a synth dance party and i guess this is your stick song 
Um, <laughs> the genre of stick song. Yeah, but beloved but st- by both Jerry and Gary Garcia. But I'm still just hearing just the repetitiveness of now I do this, I do this now. So, so you are really hearing it as just a play-by-play of the game. I was, yes. Because mm-hmm. that's what I honestly that's what I thought I was going to hear. I listening to it for the show. And here's the thing. I, this isn't an album that I have forgotten about. I've listened to it probably within the past couple years. I, I actually listen to Do the Donkey Kong regularly. I don't think you ever put any of these songs on a mixtape for me. No, I didn't. Because, okay, so when we were, the 90s was not a time I was listening to this album. The 90s, this would have been a trash, funny maybe, but trash album. I don't even know if I would have found comfort in it. Because in the 90s, I didn't have nostalgia for the 80s yet. I liked the things I liked in the 80s, and I had brought them with me. And I felt like I had aged out of stuff, and I wasn't thinking back to, oh, I missed the neon, and I missed the whatever. So I didn't have that. I think in recent years, I've listened, you know, I've gone back and sought stuff out. And it's easier to do, by the way. I didn't bring that cassette to college, so I wouldn't have even had access to Pac-Man Fever for a good 15 years or so. But this time, like listening to this album in preparation for the show, like I wanted to do this album for the show because I thought, oh, it'll be a way to talk about video games. We never do that. Hmm. And I'm surprised that what I wanted to talk about was this album. Like I, I was all set to think it's like a failed attempt at cashing in on video games, which it is not failed, but it does do that. Right. Right. But there is so much of 80s, like kid angst and for me it was late 80s early 90s but this kid angst and drive in it which makes sense because video games were like a kid's world you could go there without your parents your parents were probably not going to stand there watching you play the game you get in there you meet your friends at least that's how movies portray it you know the 80s were an effort to deal with as a kid with your angst and whatever and, and video games were sort of a, a, a an electrical replication of that and 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 because I just think that arcades are so, in my mind, they're so romanticized as this element of the 80s that I never went to. But it's, again, it's what I said this at the beginning. It's what I think of when I think of the 1980s, that this album, you know, arcades are visual, but they're also the sounds of the games. And this album, I think, replicates that and replicates the internal emotions, not all of which I was feeling when I listened to this as a kid, because they're emotions for a teenager, not for a four. I guess I was 10 or 11 when I listened to the album. But I, th- I think this album's great. I adore this album. I was really surprised by that, too. And it's the novelty album, yes, because it's playing up the arcades of the 80s. But I think there's metaphors in that that are so prominent and so strong that I will listen to this again. We should look and see if we can get a hold of Jerry Buckner. Get him on the show. Well, we can't because he passed away. I meant Gary Garcia. No, he passed away. What did you... Oh, I thought you said one of them was still making music. Jerry Buckner. I thought you said Gary Buckner, and I misheard it as Gary Garcia, because honestly, I keep thinking of Jerry Garcia. The one that's alive. It'd be nice to talk to him and see if his intent was as deep as you're, 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 you're stating here, or, or if he was just quickly trying to watch the game and describe what was happening. Which would be disappointing to hear to talk to him, but as a listener... And you can't say as a listener, as a kid, because you weren't a kid. But as a listener now, does that impact how you take the album? Do you need to know that to form an opinion on it? I mean, album? a second listen now that I even have... Because honestly, my first listen was just this week. And mm-hmm. it, to me, was just describing moments from the video games 
in an effort to make an album because I'm imagining they wrote Pac-Man Fever and and wanted to uh, um, kind of make some more money off of that. I and think it came to them in the dream fully formed, but <laughs> I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. That's the thing. You just, I, 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 it's, it would be nice to know their their frame of thought if they were putting that much thought into it. I like that you are getting that much out of it. And I like that people can. And I do that with, with music now. I get your argument. I totally understand that. Because I listen to songs and uh, get a meaning out of it, get a feeling out of it. If I hear from the songwriter that, yeah, I just opened up a rhyming dictionary and that's how I came up with that line. Which, by the way, I have read. Um, and it takes it takes the power away from the song. So you're right. Maybe we don't need to know what they were thinking. And we can just live with with how we feel about it. Is it odd then, and I'm opening this up because I don't have an answer, is it hard to maybe get something out of something that's written about something you're nostalgic for? Meaning, here is a song about something from our childhood. What are you going to find in it other than what's from our childhood? I mean, people sit around and tear American Pie by Don McLean apart saying, well, this is about this and this is about this because he's using metaphors. But at the end of the day, it's a song about someone who liked the music from eight years before he wrote the song. The, 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 The... what we get from that, I don't know what that stutter was, <laughs> what we pull from that, maybe what we're pulling is actually the nostalgia being talked about. Like American Pie is a nice song. I like the melody. I'm not as attached to the topics in it. But Pac-Man Fever, which I guess is very clearly 1982's version of American Pie and predates We Didn't Start the Fire by seven years. It wasn't nostalgia yet, but it was an aspect of life in the moment songs about that that maybe if you're more attached to the stuff being sung about than what's in the song maybe it can't be anything but gaming instructions for you maybe maybe that's the issue i think i hear what you're saying there i think yeah that hearing it now to me it just seems like a, a way of name dropping or just referencing the game as you sing about it and i hear that and i do enjoy it to that extent because there is that there was a a, a song, it makes me think of a song, and now I can't think of the band. Um, I'm going to have to try and look it up, but there is a song, I think it was called As You, As you Wish, and it it's a very catchy song. I like it a lot, and the song basically just references moments and lines of dialogue from The Princess Bride. Okay. Um, and I very much enjoy that song. There is, to my knowledge, nothing deeper to that song than just making references to the movie The Princess Bride, but I really like the song. Now, if you're connected to The Princess Bride, won't it trigger those connections? It does. I enjoy it for those connections. I enjoy it at that level, and I enjoy it because the melody's really good. I think that's a very, that's a concept song. Not a novelty song, but it's like, I think that's a concept I'd song. I'd call it a concept song, yeah. Maybe novelty record was the wrong name for this. Maybe to refer to Pac-Man Fever as a concept album, as an album that takes the experience of the sounds and motions and games of the arcade and finds a way to create the internal monologue you have in that. All the things that are beating through a kid's head from their entire day's existence when they get to the arcade. This is eight songs half an hour that manages to sort of replicate that and it's not deep it's not as deep and it might not just be kids because there is some sex in there with the hyperspace all over your face but 
I don't know. I I don't know what their intention was in writing it, and I don't want to know. Yeah. I don't want to, because, and it, I don't even know if it would matter. Because at the end of the day, if they were like, well, we saw that video games were big, and it was fun, and we wanted to write a fun song, which is a fine thing to say. I, I, I think that's how we got Luca, that song Luca. But if you want to write something with meaning and deeper themes, or if you want to get something with meaning and deeper themes, I found it this time. Yeah. And I don't even know how much of that was forced. Some of it. But it got me rolling and thinking about it, and it triggered something that made this album at least poke at these feelings. Sure. Which I think is great, and I'm glad this album exists. And I think that's great that this is great for you. Well, great. (laughs) I do. (laughs) And you know what's funny? And this will blow your mind because I know I'm praising it. I am not a Grateful Dead fan. (laughs) Okay. But if you, listener, are, you can probably notice that there's no reference to them here. Wait, how do we segue out of this? I fucked it up. Uh, Something usually about, and if you want to hear more about, I don't know. Oh, if you want to hear more about not hearing about. Yep. That would be it. Jerry Garcia. That would be it. Namesake of Cherry Garcia. You can check out 20th Century Pop, this very show, on the Not a Holograms uh, webpage, nahpods.com. There you'll find the most recent episode up for streaming. You'll find links to all of our past episodes there. You'll find some show notes with some more information in it. You'll find some links to other shows I do. Apparently, you'll find a lot. Yeah, there is a lot. I've been enjoying the Not a Hologram page. Oh, great. Yeah. Looking forward to some upcoming new new podcast from Tim. Um, I'm excited. I'm very excited to see. And I've been listening to your, your other podcast, uh, the Menage Pop. Uh, that's been a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I encourage I encourage listeners of this podcast to check out the page, notpods.com. Well, thanks, sir. Yeah, so so do that, listener. Um, you can also, while you're online, if you use Instagram, if you use Twitter, you can follow the show, 20th Century Pop, at 20popcast on both of those platforms. You can also follow me, uh, Tim Blevins, at subcultist. If you were to follow me, if you wanted to follow me, I would say follow me on Instagram. I don't do much on Twitter anymore. Um, Instagram at subcultist Bob. Do you want to plug yourself and maybe something else? Sure thing. Yeah, you can follow me as well on Twitter at rh canning. And currently, if you are following me, you can follow along as I rank the songs from Oasis albums, which I guess I like just as much as these video game songs. But oh, maybe, wow, I didn't I didn't think they were equal. That's maybe, great to hear you well, like I'm, Oasis. I'm in as the much. lower ranks right now, so I think they're about that level. So yeah, hyperspace, just, not berserk. Just started this uh, last week uh, there are uh, what did I say 73 songs off of Oasis albums and I, I think I posted uh, number 65 recently so we're counting down to number one feel free to follow along at rhcanning.com no not dot com rhcanning at twitter yeah and, and hopefully maybe we'll even get it up on the website I'll be honest I have not been following as closely as you just requested but hopefully I will because yeah. uh, if there's one thing that Bob's very good at it's it's showing up every week and being very kind to me every other week so he's not great at it good at it but no he you know music you are someone who i think more than i do at least understands appreciates and 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 works music into the life so yeah it'd be interesting to see how one interprets an entire catalog everything you just said (laughs) as a twitter feed you didn't need to be that i could cut that out you didn't need that no no, no, but i appreciate that yeah yeah i know music and i uh, yeah i didn't quite like this album you don't like uh, Buckner and Buckner Garcia's Buckner and Garcia. 
Um, but, you know, maybe I just need to listen to it 60 more times. They have, a, uh, they have a song called Merry Christmas in the NFL in the 70s. That was like one of their first hits. That's Now I need to hear that because that just combines everything I love. And this is odd. They did a version, but not the version on TV, of the theme from WKRP. Okay, in so Cincinnati. They, they didn't write or record that for the show. No, but apparently, if I'm to believe the internet Wikipedia page, they recovered, I guess it would be a cover of it. Okay. And Solo, maybe not together, but Solo, Gary Garcia, I think wrote um, Casey Jones. Okay. The, the, the hockey mask wearing character from Ninja Turtles who did Coke. Uh-huh. That's dumb. I did, my God. And was it apparent during the episode that I found it funny that his name, Gary Garcia, was so close to the Grateful Dead frontman Jerry Garcia without realizing, as you pointed out at the start of the show, that Jerry Buckner, Jerry's right there. It's just the other last name. That's even funnier. Yeah. I'm sorry I missed that. No, that's okay. If it was Jerry Garcia and Bill Garcia, or Jerry Buckner and Bill Garcia, that would be funny, right? I guess. Isn't Bill Buckner a baseball person? He is, on the Red Sox, from the Red Sox. Well, I don't know about that, but so maybe it wouldn't be funny. There's a lot that could and should be funny, but probably wasn't. But wasn't funny. So this is an example (laughs) of what you said. motorcycle that keeps going by yeah i don't think that's a motorcycle that's more like a moped it's all fucking day into the night these kids or this kid it's up and down the street so that's not even like general traffic somebody going to the store that's just somebody that's just someone who i guess doesn't have the bars to turn it so it can't go down a different street (laughs) so it must go forward and then to their credit i've never seen it but bravo they must just back up that sounds like then it's probably one of those mini like bikes for a teenager yeah i feel like if i looked at it it'd be so small that their ass would have enveloped it and it's just somebody who looks like they're slowly walking down the street it's it's got to be the twins the, the the heavy twins on those tiny bikes now, that was a popular thing. Is that insulting to other people? <laughs> the heavy twin. I, I, know, I, I think know. I know what you're speaking of. I don't know why that's a thing. <laughs> that's what we that's know. That's a thing. Aren't they like they were on the cover of the Guinness Book one year? I don't know. For smallest bike? In uh, butt? What uh, were they? Uh, smallest bike, heaviest rider combination, maybe. I don't know. That's a category. Slash twins. Oh, slash t- twins. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, then that's their Reddit. No, that's okay. No, I, and again, it's just a book of records. I get it, but that, I, that's very particular. It's very particular. They, yeah. yeah, they have to get particular, otherwise you've got nothing, no more records to break. I bet they break a lot of things. Maybe yeah. not records. They can't get their pudgy hands around the uh, slipcase. But uh, I bet they break those bikes. I bet they break a lot of hearts, meaning their own, because they need to stop eating red meat. Oh, I, I bet they're dead, right? They're, they're probably they're dead. They're dead and gone for many a year now. Dead yes, and I'm gone. Sure. I bet you can still see an outline of them in the ground. <laughs> I don't think they're completely gone. <laughs> What's with the fat shit? I'm sorry. Wow. That's not cool. That's not cool. No, you're just angry at that person's bike. That I'm picturing thing. now as two people on one bike because of what you said about the Guinness people. Can you hear it when they drive by? Or I can, I, yes. Yes. Oh, I'm I so sorry. I hear it rev right along. Yeah. Imagine, imagine 
I'm going to say, and I don't know which one's more annoying. Imagine either that all day or imagine it bothering me each time it happens and I have to comment on it. One of those would probably make me very difficult to live with. Uh, yeah, the second one oh, is my well, guess. I, I'm just guessing. I think I would have liked to have left it up in the air. Here I come, centipede. I'm right behind you.